0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use promo code DNVR at sign up for some very special offers right now for a $5 bet on any NCAA team. If they win, you get $200 in free bets when you use code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we've got two very special guests, first timers here. We've got the guys from Blake Street Banner here, Tyler and Aaron. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: I'm just happy you reached out and I'm happy to talk ball. This is this going to be fun.
0: Yeah. We've got baseball back. That, yeah, that's love stuff. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask either of you, you know, where did the, the idea come from what you guys do over at, at Blake street banner? Cause I think, you know, everyone has their corner of the Rockies world and there's always something interesting and fascinating to look at when it comes to covering baseball and what we love about the game. And so I was curious, where did that Genesis come from for, lake street Banner. hey we gotta we gotta do this thing come up with a cool logo get our stickers out there again
1: stickers
0: (laughs) where where did it come from uh
1: so me and my buddies is i I think this story is going to be very common as we started in the pandemic right we got bored let's let's start a podcast and so we started a podcast our moms didn't even listen to us and we just kind of rolled with it, kept with it, and reached out to a few minor league ball players. Our guy, Dugan Darnell, is really the one that got us excited and stoked about, hey, player interviews are cool. Let's get this going. And so we've really just been feeding off of that the last few years. Tyler joined us probably about a year ago. He just reached out to us a so very, very just reached out. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but he's like, Hey, I want to write for you guys. Can I write for you guys? Sure. Hey, you want to come on a pod? Sure. And so now Tyler and I are doing a lot of the prospect stuff where me James and Kirk are doing a lot of the Rocky stuff um, and really just trying to have fun with it. And we're not experts and we don't pretend to be. And so we're just trying to do the fan side of it in a little different way. And it's just been fun. It's just a really fun hobby right now.
2: Yeah, and I've been very happy to, you know, join on with this because I've loved keeping up with Rocky's prospects for, you know, five plus years. And so this was just a great kind of marriage to be able to, um, you know, talk to some of these guys, because that's something growing up, I always was like, I love to talk to, you know, pro ball players. And this has really allowed me to, you know, get started doing that. So um, love what we've been doing this last year. Um, Really stoked about it
0: yeah, I, I have to say i am I am jealous of you both from the aspect that I've wanted to do like a whole week of prospect stuff, but because of the shortened preseason mm-hmm. because of shortened spring training, everything coming back. it's like that may have to go to the side a little bit because it's just it's fascinating. And Tyler, I know you're down there in Albuquerque. so you're you're gonna have a couple more of those young prospects coming through, uh, not just this year, but in the future, all those Hartford guys, especially if, Doyle Tolia, etc. We'll get into all of them later on, but it's got to be an exciting time also to be so close to one of the Rockies' top affiliates.
2: Yeah, definitely some some super exciting guys. I mean, we just saw you know, Ryan Rollison, Ryan Feltner option. So no, and I'm going to see those guys um, every every five days. Uh, but a lot of other positional talents coming through, which we haven't really had the last few years. Everyone knows the upper minors have been kind of devoid of talent, so things are kind of changing which is really exciting.
0: The The entire roster right now is is changing. I figure, you know, now's a good point. It seems like in the last two weeks, every day uh, on our show, it's been, okay, what's the latest news? We got to talk about Chris Bryant. We got to talk about Ryan McMahon's <laughs> extension. Oh yeah, Ryan Maltapia is getting traded. Who's this Randall Gritchick guy? Like it, it, every day there's something else and it seems like there hasn't been a chance to just stop, slow down and say, hey, what's going on? You know, let's, let's kind of grade this off season and, you know, we got a new GM here and in bill schmidt and i'm I'm curious from your perspective now that at least it's been you know 48 or so 72 hours since the the last deal with ryan altapia for randall gritchick maybe you've had a chance to say okay how excited should we be or how much better is this team than last year have you had a chance to do that or does it still feel like it's settling in
2: i i've i think i've finally kind of come to terms with it and starting to realize like i, I you know i don't want to get carried away or ahead of myself but i think this team has a chance to to defy a lot of expectations. I think we're seeing a lot of the over-under um, betting odds around like 69 wins, I think. And I'm, I'm expecting at least five wins above that, maybe six or seven. Um, I think this is probably gonna, we're probably gonna see about the same number of wins as last year, maybe a little bit more depending on the development of some guys, which we'll probably talk about a little more. Overall, I'm a bit optimistic. I like the recent moves a lot. Um the Gritchik one you know it's kind of exciting we just saw him hit a a tank a couple days ago and was that yesterday I don't even my days are all confused uh there's been so much stuff going on but I'm I'm pretty excited This is uncharted territory
1: we've never had an off season like this as Rockies fans and it's fantastic like if you bring in Chris Bryant as an off season trans- trans- transaction and you have Ryan Mac locked up with him you have two studs for the next six years at minimum so like you grading it giving it an actual grade like we're at a b at a solid b right now it's we're making moves it's adding excitement like you just said we haven't had time to breathe and that's good right <laughs> like that's awesome i've never never not had that feeling as a rockies fan other than you know all the other nonsense that we don't have to get into we're not going to bring down the vibe but this is just fun and just from a fun aspect, we're at a solid B and the transactions are good along with it.
0: I think all of us, whether you know, you're know you covering the team day to day or you're a fan or even if you're just a Denver sports person and you're like, hey, what's going on over there with the Rockies? It's that same feeling of this is good, right? And And it should be. It should be unequivocally a good thing and it's positive. But we also know that with the previous regime, as far as the general manager goes, still have the same owner. You know, it's it was only so long ago that Nolan Arenado was traded and Trevor Story was, was let loose and John Gray. And so it's still really close. Like that wound in a way, you know, hasn't healed. And yet there's this other thing that's happening that's clearly positive. But coupled together, it is a bit confusing. But if you just take this offseason, whether or not it's like Tyler said, OK, maybe they're 75, 76 wins. Maybe they could be. A little bit better than that, you still have to say. Bottom line is, it's exciting. What is for you, Tyler? You, I'll let you go first. Here, is there a guy that you are most excited about, or a guy that maybe you think is a little underrated? Because Chris Bryant is the big headline, and now you got a a thirty home run threat and Randall Grichuk. There's so many new faces and so many deals that were done with the extensions. Is there someone that you know maybe is has gotten overlooked uh, in this whole shuffle? I think
2: sticking on, on the offensive side of things, I think that's where the most excitement is right now. Uh, I got to go with Connor Joe. I, last year I, I was big on him. And actually last year we did like a hot takes uh, preseason kind of thing with, with Blake Street Banner. And mm. I, at the beginning of the season said, I think Connor Joe is going to lead the team in on-base percentage. And he did. Uh, I, I was kind of, you know, going on a limb and saying that, but I knew he had remarkable play discipline that we hadn't really seen In the rocky system for quite some time i I feel like we draft and develop a lot of guys who you know are like slap hitters pure power guys that aren't working counts and trying to draw walks and connor joe does that but i think the part that gets underrated is his raw power and we saw that i think two days ago he hit a line drive home run and it's like yeah connor joe's jacked and he can he can crush the ball so I love the offensive profile there. The the Chris Bryant signing definitely pushes him out of some playing time. We'll see how much that that is. Um, so Connor Joe, for me, is the guy. I, I'm really excited to see him, you know, start on the opening day roster and see where things go. Yeah, I like that. Um, for me,
1: just from a fan's perspective and the whole Nato trade, I really want Eularis Montero to do work. And I know he's young. I know he has some time, but dude crushed in Hartford, dude crushed in Albuquerque, dude crushed in spring training. Uh, And just the Chris Bryant being brought in is going to delay that a little bit. Uh, Just we have log jams in the outfield, we have log jams at the corner. So, this, which is okay, right? Montero needs that extra season. That's fine. But I was banking on Montero give me 150 at-bats. And this was just going to be a lost season. And it was just going to be fun watching him crush balls. as, And just kind of feel that void like you just mentioned about the, the Nato trade. Like, give me Gomber and Montero on the same squad. You know, Gomber goes seven. Montero hits a, a bomb. Like, that fills that void a little bit. It makes makes you a little bit happy. But Montero's my dude that I got to feel a little bit with this KB signing.
0: I think what's also interesting too now with Bill Schmidt taking over and clearly trying to make the team a contender, whether or not, well, we know they are not still in the same class as the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're contenders for <laughs> a wild card spot. Nothing wrong with that. That's great. And that being said, you can look and say, well, if they're contending for that, every win is incredibly important. And so, Starting a guy's service clock and bring calling a guy up to the majors and oh, maybe you lose a year free agency, that really becomes besides the point when it, it has to do with winning those ball games. So if a guy gets injured, you know, whether it's Connor Joe or someone and you just need a bat, maybe it is only for two weeks, and you say, Well, you know what, let's start his clock, let's see what he does for a little while, give him a bit of seasoning, and you can say, Let's let's see if he can contribute, if he's the best option. He's already on the 40 man, so you don't have to worry about. know taking somebody off whatever it may be and we kind of saw it a little bit last year with ryan valade getting called up late in the season may not have been exactly ready for it but i think he needed to see what you know big league pitching looks like that difference so he knew what to work on there in the arizona fall league and all off season same thing for ryan feltner the first guy we saw get called up from double a hartford or double a in general since eddie butler and and the tulsa drillers back in i want to say 2014 whatever it may be so we're seeing some of those new things. So you know what, Aaron, you can hold out on hope. You, you may get your <laughs> wish. It might not be a full season of Montero in A, So that's nice. What about, what about on the pitching side? Again, Rockies are, are lucky if they can bring in one pitcher, but they bring in two on free agent deals. They sign a couple guys to, you know, minor league packs that we could end up seeing here, make the opening day roster, especially with the 26 man roster being stretched out to a 28 man roster. Uh, with the shortened spring training. Uh, Aaron, if you want to go first here, we got to take turns. Is there, <laughs> is there a pitcher maybe that you're most excited about whether he's a new acquisition or a guy that we didn't get to see a ton of last season. And you think, you know what, there, there's going to be even more improvement going forward in 2022. I think the obvious answer is Ryan
1: Robinson, right? We've been waiting for the golden child to do his thing. Um, but I'm going to go with Frank Duncan. He is a friend of the pod so yes I'm self-promoting him that's fine but he has the stuff like he's a journeyman he was a AAA with the Pirates like he was so close knocking on that door and then for whatever reason it just I mean he tells a story um, in a little bit in about a few weeks we'll drop that but it's he has the stuff he played some indie ball he's grinded he had a fantastic 21 season his goal is to make the big league roster sometime this 2022 season. And he was one of those few handful of guys that was gonna be that fifth starter, that relief pin. Um, and so just seeing the, the block, the, the cool trip signing, the Colomay signing, just adding that little log jam again, right? Uh, is going to make him work a little bit harder and make it a little bit sweeter when he does hit that Coors, Coors mound. But Frank Duncan is my man.
0: I'm I'm a big Frank Duncan convert. I was late last season. I think I think that was when Feltner got called up. I'm like, is is Frank Duncan? I had some connections with the isotopes. I'm like, Frank Duncan. They're like, who? I'm like, no, this guy has been legit because he started last year with Hartford, pitched really well, still pitched really well in Albuquerque. And so, you know, I, I thought he was gonna be the Tim Melville. Honestly, I was like, this is Tim Melville 2.0 in September. This will be a great story. Didn't happen. We'll see if it does happen in 2022, but regardless, he now is that veteran guy on that staff. Cause I don't really think they had that veteran guy last year. I think Derek Rodriguez maybe was the oldest guy on the triple a staff again, a good, good depth piece, but he's still trying to figure out some things on his own. Frank Duncan, I think he's maybe 30 now. Uh, yeah. obviously he's got to figure out some things if he hasn't made it to the majors, but he's been successful. So the guys are still going to learn something from him. Rolison Feltner, you know Bernardo Flores, I think he's more of a of a long reliever at this point, but there are those guys. So you hey I, I'm I can't wait for that episode to drop. Honestly, I'm gonna be the first one who downloads the Frank Duncan episode of Blake Street Banner.
2: It's 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 a good one. I yeah I was there for it. Like Duncan has a great story. Um but for for my guys I'm gonna give two shout outs before I get to my guy. Um Jake Bird and Justin Lawrence are two bullpen guys that I'm pretty excited about. I don't know when we'll see Jake Bird since, you know, we have a pretty clogged 40 man and like no one that you're like, okay, maybe, you know, player X is going to get designated. Um, but Jake Bird, the stuff we've seen this, this spring looks, you know, nasty and he's, he's had four appearances, no runs, um, you know, gets, gets the swing and misses uh, love that 96 mile an hour sinker. It, it's one of my favorite pitches, just the sinker, a hard sinker. Uh, but my guy this year is Chad cool. Uh, wrote an article on him a couple weeks ago when the signing went down. And I think that his stuff really fits what the Rockies do um, and what, you know, they look for in pitchers. You see a guy with, you know, a mid nineties fastball, but the, the big thing is that, you know, he has a lower spin rate on his fastball. Doesn't get as much vertical break, which is big when you're trying to play down in the zone, which basically every Rockies starter, basically every Rockies pitcher, you know, they like to live down in the zone, with their fastball. And Chad Cool with the Pirates, they had him throwing up a lot more cuz that's what, you know, more more of like the modern pitching staff. They want to throw the ball up. Um so I think Chad Cool's fastball fits with what the Rockies do. He also has like this high high 80s slider that I'm excited about. That's gotten good results in his major league career. So I think if his fastball can take a tick up with the Rockies' coaching staff, paired with that slider, I like his prospects as a as a fifth starter.
0: Jake Bird, big fan of him. Arizona Fall League last year looked really solid. He, and I, I always have a weird way of comparing players, especially if, if they are opposite sides of, of the plate or the mound. He he just strikes me as a right-handed Chris Sale. Like he just kind of has that funkiness, right? The three quarters, lanky guy, uh, the facial hair, the scruff. I think there's definitely that similarity. And then speaking of like resemblances, in seeing Chad Kuhl pitch in purple, he looks like a, not not a, a much more miniature version. He's not like half the size. But he looks like a three-quarter size John Gray a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed that in his mechanics. There's something about the way he rocks and he brings that left leg up. There, there seems to be a, a similarity there. They have reddish hair, you know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my brain can only. You're can just trying to fill dogs. that
1: gray void now. <laughs> You're just like, how can yeah. I get this? So, yeah.
0: no, it, it, that's very true. I'm I, I <laughs> to that one a little bit, you know. What, what are you gonna do? But one thing that we we don't do here at DNVR is force a good time, especially down on the corner of Colfax in New York. Remember, if you are a member now, only fifty cents for your first month. the dnvr.com you get a member sized beer you get price breaks on those broncos tailgates if you didn't see it already over the weekend the nuggets party bus it was it was popping off like crazy got to get tickets for the next one myself for that Uh, but you get price breaks on all that your annual membership will actually come with a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com, extra raffle tickets at all the watch parties as well so make sure you tap in to the dnvr.com college basketball fans we're still in the midst of it Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win. and You get $200 in free bets if they do. It's really that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. It's multiple bets from the same game from a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. With promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 four seven zero zero. Gentlemen, I'm going to need your help because now it's time for my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. And I've got two bets that I'm going for here. Now MLB's back. We've got so many different options. We've got the over and under on home runs for Chris Bryant and some guy who plays over in the American League East, Trevor Story. I think I'm pronouncing that name. The (laughs) over under on Chris Bryant is 30 and a half. So is he going to hit 30 or less or 31 or more? And then Trevor Story is at 29 and a half. Would you, would you have thought those numbers would have been farther apart? Or is that probably on par for those two guys? What do you think?
2: I'm a little surprised they're both not a, like a couple higher. I think, I think yeah. Trevor Story's, you know, the, the elbow injury last year has everyone thinking that maybe we're going to see 2021 Trevor Story going forward, which, you know, I'm not so bought into that. I like the idea of of Trevor Story hitting like an opposite field home run around pesky pole. Like, I could definitely see that. Like I could see him just kind of exploiting that that short right field. Chris Bryant, you know, we, we know who Chris Bryant is. We've had some kind of like feuds with Cubs fans over the last few years about who, <laughs> you know, the best third baseman is. And I, I think I was always downplaying how good Chris Bryant was and how, you know, tailored that swing is for home runs and now he plays in a, in a pretty home run friendly ballpark. I think, I think people overstate how friendly Coors is sometimes. We saw it last year. It was ruthless for the long ball, but um, I think Chris Bryant goes, I think both go up. Okay. I, I think Chris Bryant will hit like 35.
0: And for those feuds with Cubs fans, I think <laughs> everyone is probably on the same page. Now the answer is Ryan McMahon. <laughs> I think we all agree now, right? That's the answer. You know what? Are we happy with that? Yeah, we're going to go all in. Ryan McMahon, best third baseman. How about how about you, Aaron? Are you are you feeling one way or another on 30.5 for Chris Bryant and 29.5 for Trevor Story?
1: I might just put the over on 30.5 just at Coors for Chris Bryant. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Dude's going to mash. And then that news today about the humidor. Yeah. Um, so playing at the Bay might be a little bit easier to crush some bombs. So... I think both are going over easily. Take that. Just just go with it.
0: I like that. Uh, I'm going to go with that. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. It's minus 110 right now. Chris Bryant over 30.5 home runs this season. 162 home and away for the Colorado <laughs> Rockies. When it comes to Trevor's story, though, I actually, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the under. Only because... That green monster, he hits a lot of laser shots. He doesn't get the ball up that high. So I think that could tamp down. I think for every two home runs he loses out on to left field, he probably gains one to right field, as you said, Tyler. And to touch on what you mentioned there, Aaron, about the humidor. Yeah, you know, Saris mentioned it. Boop mentioned it to him. So uh, we got a game of telephone going on. Now all 30 ballparks will be using a humidor, which you think, well, that probably is you know only important for places that are at, at higher altitude like Colorado like Arizona like maybe even Atlanta which I think sits at about a thousand feet above sea level but for places that are a little bit more humid where the ball is you know there it's not soggier but it's gonna be a little bit heavier now in the humidor the ball may fly a little bit more in Tampa Bay which is not on the Rockies schedule at least this year but it' Miami's on the schedule for three and you got nine in San Francisco and nine in San Diego. So that's 21 more games. You know, even if we're only talking about a fraction of a point, that could be the difference of an extra two or three home runs for any of those big power hitters in the Rockies lineup. Do you you think that's too big of a number or do you think, you know what, having having a humidor at those places on the coast could actually make a bit of a difference for, you know, batters on, on both sides of the dugout?
2: Yeah, and I think this is kind of the return of the power for the Rockies. Like, we've seen in the last couple of years a little devoid of of the long ball. So, any way we can kind of get a little extra, I'm all for it. But a lot of, you know, warning track shots, like, on the West Coast. So, maybe we're going to see just a, just a couple less for, for most of our guys. Agreed. I don't, I, I don't know much about it.
1: Like I just know it's going to affect it. It's going to be a little bit more offense. And so more offense is more fun. So for sure.
0: Eventually maybe MLB will force, you know, all of Petco park to be inside of a humidor just without, <laughs> so that Marine layer doesn't knock those baseballs down. Seriously. I think that would be uh, somewhat advantageous. I was looking over on MLB.com and you know, it's, it's typical. Sometimes national media can, Throw their shade at Colorado, and sometimes it's it's there's just cause for it. But it's also easy to kind of overlook again some of the positive things that we're talking about. You know, in a vacuum, all of these moves this off season have been really great. In the grand, in in, in full spectrum, and you look at what happened in the last year or two, you know, it it's, it doesn't have as much bang for your buck. But MLB had an article about the top 16s with the best off seasons. And it was kind of understandable that the Rockies weren't in the top six, but they went on for like an honorable mention and still had six other teams and and nary a mention of the Rockies again, which is surprising when you add a player like Chris Bryant, you improve, you know, with uh, the right-handed bat of Randall Gritchick in a division where you're starting to see a few more left-handers, you know, Dodgers signed Andrew Heaney right before the lockout, Tyler Anderson, we could possibly see eat some big innings for the Dodgers. We know the Giants always have, you know, a couple lefties, Alex Wood doing his thing there. So that more right-handed bat lineup or rather the lineup that has a few more right-handers than left-handers, I think could again, play into the Rockies advantage. And do you see them as having a good chance at finishing third over the Padres or maybe even seeing a regression from the Giants? A lot of things have to happen to go the Rockies way for them to do that. But does it seem as outside the realm of possibilities as it did before the off season began that the Rockies at least have a 5% chance of coming in second place in this division?
1: I, I am down on the Padres. I, I don't, they make a lot of moves. They make a lot of noise, but we saw it last year that. Their pitching staff can't stay healthy. They have a bunch of arms that don't go far, that don't go long and they get hurt often. Uh, the whole Tatis fiasco, how does that actually affect the locker room? Like we, That is a big thing. And we saw Machado and Tatis get into it last year. So I'm not as high, like on paper, they look good. But usually when the games are played, I'm not big on the Padres being like that far above Colorado. Like on paper, they're better. Like they have the talent, but just not that much. And you have to assume there's gonna be some regression from the Giants. They got career years out of some dudes. They lost Chris Bryant, they lost Buster Posey. Now they're going to have to fill those holes. Um Kevin Gossman, right? He was out there. Yeah. He he was he was good. Like, so they're they're gonna regress a little bit also. I really think where the Rockies are and the moves they're making to get better, not competing with the Dodgers, like you said, I think. No Rocky fan is out here shouting that from the rooftops or the party deck, but it's it's not far-fetched to think they can fight for third, be part of the wild card conversation because we are playing the West. So I, yes, to answer your question, yes, they can fight for third.
0: And on paper, you're saying, all right, Padres, better roster than the Rockies. We, we can agree, but flip that piece of paper over and then you've got the injured list <laughs> and it lists their best exactly. player, Fernando Tatis Jr. And you say, "Well, that's okay. That's we, we got to put that into consideration." And and look what happened last year to Atlanta. Okay, yeah, they won the World Series, but they they eat their way in, and that and at least they only got eighty eight wins. And so when Ronald Acuna went down, their their roster was really struggling, and they had to make a lot of acquisitions. They had added four outfielders at the deadline to help even get themselves into that position. So you know. Hats off to to Alex Anthopoulos, but when you have a star player of that caliber go down, it can have lasting impacts on your win-loss record. So, yeah, there's a bullseye on the Padres back this year in a major way. What what say you, Tyler, on where the Rockies could possibly sit in the NL West standings if some things go their way?
2: I think think third is is like a realistically optimistic possibility. You know, the Padres, (laughs) I think, managed to squander – an incredible, you know, farm system, some promising young players. The Padres' depth to me is a little shabby. And if you see Tatis miss a few months, you see, you know, any other bat really go down. Like even like Will Myers is like – is a pretty core piece of them. And he, you hear him in trade rumors every year because they're kind of willing to dump his contract. Um, I do – I like their pitching staff a lot, but like Aaron said, you know, I think you could, you could confidently bet a lot of money that at least one – of their core starters like Darvish, Snell, Clevenger. Someone's going to get injured. Someone's not going to make it to like 100 innings on the season. And the Giants, I love what they've done, revamping their front office, but everything went their way last year. I think in the spirit of analytics, which they're huge on – you know, you want to have a good process, but it's not always going to result in, you know, good results. And I think that's going to be the story of the Giants season. I think they'll make the playoffs because of, you know, how deep their organization is now. But I think they're probably going to see like a five to 10 win regression, probably closer to 10, because they busted 100 wins last year. I don't know if they, they'll probably be in the low 90s. So opens the door for the Rockies to pick up a lot of divisional games.
0: Yeah, 107 wins last year for the giants. So you're right. If they, if they have a 15 win regression, 92 wins is still, should be more than enough to get to the postseason. I think it could be 85 to 87 wins, especially in the national league where pirates really bad reds really bad. And again, these are teams too that. And, and most other teams, most other teams in the NL and all of baseball, really, once they hit a certain point, once they get to July and they're out of it, even if it's only by a little bit, I mean, when the Cubs decided to tap out, there were only five games under 500, mm-hmm. but they had enough wherewithal to say, Hey, this isn't working. So we're going to get rid of all of our players. And we're now we're really going to sink to the bottom. So you could have that a lot in the national league that opens up some of those spots and allows teams like the Rockies and, and other teams that want to contend go in. So yeah, a, a lot has to go the, the Rockies way still, but going back to how we started it's it's definitely exciting It's, it's an exciting time especially Cytic Time, if you head to any of 10 of Denver Metro area's Lightshade dispensaries, Colorado's premier dispensary, because they offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Lightshade has a premier selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now you can check out some of their dissolvable gummies from Ripple, which actually is clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy because absorption happens within 10 minutes every time it turns it allows you to turn anything into an edible because of their flavorless and dissolvable powders science proves it and we all love our science around here that's why we've got humidors in baseball <laughs> just throwing a ball to a bat no we got to involve science in it and and ripple dissolvables has that to back it now podcast listeners you can get 25 off non-sale items with code dnvr shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a lightshade location near you We mentioned the Broncos tailgates for our members to get your discounts. If you were at any of those, besides having a great time, you had some great food there with Sexy Pizza. One of Denver's community leaders here, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill and Capitol Hill. They've been in the Denver area for 13 years. They've got hand tossed deck oven pizza with made from scratch each morning dough. And again they donate to local charities in the area check out their about page to learn more about how they can support your organization it's www.sexy.pizza check out their about page for more on that and again they've got a location down in trinidad in the southern part of the state if you really want to go for a drive and help support them all right well segment three it's what everyone's been waiting for they know blake Street banner they know about the minor league guys so we'll We'll dive into that before we go into some of your favorites, because everyone has to have like a favorite guy that's not a top 10 prospect, or even a top 30 prospect. Josh Fuentes was that guy for me, and I, I felt very vindicated <laughs> when he broke through, now joining Ryan Tapia in True. Toronto there, signing that nice little minor league deal. So of you know, some of the guests that you've had on, who has been your favorite? Who has a real great story that people need to go and and check out that interview? Because we forget sometimes we look at guys just as statistics and who they are and, okay, what school do they go to? Where were they drafted? How can they help the team out in the future when they're people just like us? They just happen to have these incredible skills, but they've got these great stories and, and you get to you get to pull that out of them. Who's been your favorite to talk to so far in the last year or two?
1: Tyler, I'm going first
0: and you know why
1: (laughs) I already mentioned his name any chance we get to mention his name I can it's Duke and Darnell dude he just his story we have he's been a two-time guest so he's a family of the pod with us he he was our first very first professional signed contract interview so that's the soft spot right but he is a dude so he played third base at D three Adrian college in Michigan. And he got on the mound, just messing around as all college students do. And he threw 92 cheese right down the plate. And coach was like, all right, you're our closer. We're done. You're not going to, you're not going to play third base. You're not going to do defensive stuff. You're going to pitch. So he just got on his senior season, just pitched lights out D three stuff. He's like, all right, this is a thing. So he started training. Went indie ball. Uh, there's a small complex in Metro Detroit that has four teams that play on the same Jimmy Jones field. Um, the USPBL, and he spent two seasons there, 2019, 2020. He was able to pitch during the COVID season, and then he just started self-promoting. He was in Chicago working in a finance department of somewhere, and he got the call from the Colorado Rockies, and he signed the contracts in that February before 21, and the rest is history. His numbers, he never let anybody on. His stuff is nasty. And it's deceptive. He's it's not a fluke. Like he's done it at Indie Ball. He did it last year in Fresno and Spokane. I imagine he'll start in Hartford this year. Um, and he's just a solid dude too. Like <laughs> he's just a just a fun guy. He let us um a little self-promotion, but he let us create a song with John Snodgrass about doing a Darnell. And just goofy stuff, right? And we played for him, and he was all about it. He loved it, and he's just—he's just an all-around dude. And he has the stuff that's gonna get there. And he is everybody. Everybody needs to know the name, Dugan Darnell.
0: And so, if you go to a Hartford Yard Goats game and you hear that song (laughs) playing at Dunkin' Donuts Park, you got to make sure you hit them up at Twitter at Blake Street Banter. That's—that's—that's the big one. That'll be great to see. How about you, Tyler?
2: I gotta go with Shelby Lackey. I think he's another guy that people probably don't know a ton of we're we're big proponents of the bullpen guys, the relievers, because you know, no one really loves the relievers. They they throw, you know, an inning every two, three days. Um, not as flashy, but you know, they're they're ball players too. <laughs> but Shelby Lackey is the the coolest like person, regardless of, you know, baseball player or whatever. Just talking to Shelby Lackey, it was like this is a this is an incredible guy, and we talked to Nick Bush a couple of weeks after that. Nick Bush was like, "Shelby Lackey's like my favorite guy. You know, <laughs> best best person to have around. He knows everyone. He wants to know everyone. Uh, if he doesn't already, he's just such a glowing person, and I'm I love that about him. I lo- I think every baseball team needs guys like that that are you know gonna bring you know this guy up who's kind of in a slump or just you know raise the spirits of the whole team. I think that's what Shelby Lackey's about, and he's pretty good at pitching too. Um, you know, he's kind of got the the sidearm three quarters profile going on with a with an arm side run, um, heavy arm side run, and a nice slider. So I think there's a good chance that he ends up cracking a pro uh, an MLB roster at some point. So he's got it going on. Shelby Lackey's got it going on.
0: <laughs> I, I like what you added there about relievers because I have that same affinity. I feel like relievers are to a roster what the Rockies are to MLB. <laughs> Where you're just like <laughs> overlooked, not appreciated like they should be, but it's like no, this is there's something good here. Like let's let's slow down, pump the brakes, and let's appreciate a guy you got, you may need to go and get on is uh, Andrew DiPiazza. He was with uh, Spokane and Fresno yeah. last year. Reliever uh, got to start a couple games I think with Fresno, but in the off season I know uh, he, he was working at a Costco in in New Jersey where he's from in in, in South Jersey. So he's another one of those interesting guys that you'll know, get overlooked plays at a small school at rowan university. And so those guys absolutely you had Wynn Bernard on too, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's a crossover on both of us here. He's a cousin of yeah. mine, really, <laughs> you know, you, you beat me to it. You had him on first, but you know, he's another one of those great guys that's you know absolutely worth rooting for in, in, in many, many ways. So prospects, man, where, where to go, where do you think the Rockies farm system sits in general? I know right now they're still kind of in the, low 20s and so not much of a change from last year even though you're starting to see more guys you know maybe only one extra player creep up on the top 100 but if you stretch it out to top 150 or even top 200 you're beginning to see a lot more names how do you feel overall about the general sense of of where the farm system is at
2: i'm i've been pretty positive on it and i keep up very very closely with everything the draft the last two drafts I've I mean I think everyone knows the 2020 draft class very well we got Bean, Romo, Chris McMahon Uh, I think everyone loves those guys those are I think all three top 10 prospects but this 2021 draft class it really looked like Bill Schmidt you know had full control over this one and had a had a real idea in mind that he wanted to go after pitchers who you know have strong fastballs with um, you know, a good movement profile. That's something I don't think we saw with, with you know, Jeff Breidich, you know, making the final decisions and things like that. So I love the way they've drafted the last two years. I think that's going to pay huge dividends on the the depth of the class. Um, I do agree for the most part with the the national rankings where a lot of the the national scouts rank them. I'm more inclined to put them around, you know, 23, 24. Um, I think some of their lower level talent gets overlooked. I always, I always read like, you know, like Kylie McDaniel, Keith Law, their, their lists and the last few guys, I'm kind of like, that just seems like a throw in almost like they didn't, you know, give some of the lower guys the love that they deserve and, and kind of overlook them. So I'm, I'm very excited on where things are going. There's a lot of high upside talent in the top of the farm. Um, like we talked about at the beginning, the the upper levels of the farm are also going to get um, some great talent. So it's a lot more balanced now than it's been. Um, I'm, looking forward to seeing how much more we can rise with another top 10 draft pick this year yeah for sure don't forget that the Rockies had two affiliates
1: that were in the playoffs last year the Fresno the Fresno Tacos Grizzlies lowriders however you want to say and then the Spokane Indians they were both in the championship round of the playoffs last year um so the talent's there and I think that gets overlooked Tyler knows more about it, but the Dominican summer leagues and the Arizona, um, league, there's some talent down there too. So we are very bottom heavy this year. We'll see it in a lot of Spokane and Hartford, I think seeing really where that is, but the bottom is really, really good. The top is really, really close. And then that middle is kind of where that those rankings come into play. Right. So there is a lot to be excited about. There are a lot of just. Guys that are gonna grind, a lot of defensive first guys, like you have um Blumgren, uh that can do that with the glove and hopefully develops with the with the stick. And there's just there's enough talent in there where I think you can you can hope for it. And our pitching, like you have McMahon, weatherly, Noah Davis, like there's so much to get excited about. Like nothing, we're not gonna have the next Nolan or this Trevor story, like i mean tovar maybe right oh, wow. but we you got to think about was who's who are the role players who the rockies have struggled finding in so long and i think we have a lot of good role players and you if you throw that in with tovar montgomery Veen, romo like you're sitting pretty pretty good in two or three years on major league level um so there's a lot to be optimistic about i really do think so and in fact i went to menard that dude needs a call it sometime this year he just deserves
0: <laughs> I like how you explain that, though, too, Aaron, is that, you know, when you go back and you look at prospect rankings, you can't just say, well, who's in the, the top 30? They missed it. Well, if a guy, if you sign a player as an international free agent, he's only 16 or 17 years old. He's not that dude that he eventually becomes at 21 or 22. So the timeline is really huge. The fact that, you know, the Rockies have this system that has a lot more buzz and people are a lot more excited about in the last couple seasons and the ranking is almost similar to what it was last year, it's totally different because, you know, you did have Brendan Rogers who some people still had him in their rankings, you know, uh, in 2021. But you've got all these guys that are at the lower level. And then with a good year, it wouldn't shock me to see them maybe as high as 12, you know, nationally or not nationally, but uh, against the other 30 teams because Veen and Roma are now knocking on double A or maybe they even reach double A by the time early September rolls around. Playoffs. The same thing with you know young pitchers like Joe Rock and as you said, Sam Weatherly is one of those guys that the more that they continue to fix up any of those errors or fix up any of those issues that some of the scouts have, the more reliable you can say. Well, no, he projects to be a number three guy. No, he'll definitely be at least a number three guy. His floor is now you know number four, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. So you have to have some time doing it on the professional level before you can really reap the rewards of it in, in general, who are the players that maybe are, are, are getting overlooked that aren't top 30 guys, or maybe they're in the twenties, but you think with a really good season, kind of like Ezekiel Tovar, you know, he was a guy that I think he was around 18 to 20 on a lot of people's rankings. I think for our rankings at DNVR Rockies, I think we had him at 18 and he made that big jump. Everything worked right for him and it kind of came to fruition. Maybe you go and you look at the international guys and you say, well, Diane George, he's a new guy, uh, part of the group at Amador played in the complex league, but now we should probably see him in Fresno. Let's see what he does. Benny Montgomery, who, you know, is one of those those top guys already, but with another year uh, of of full season professional ball, could make even more jumps on top one hundred list. Are there those guys that maybe aren't the household names? I don't know. That, I don't know that Zach Veen really is necessarily a household name <laughs> for your grandmother who's a Rockies fan just yet. I pumped the brakes here, Patrick. But but who are some of those names that get you excited that you know just just aren't top twenty guys right now?
2: I think the the first one that. It's kind of, the, I've seen plenty of lists where he's not included. I, on my personal list, have him around that 20 ranges. Yankiel Fernandez from the Dominican Summer League was there last year. He was supposed to come stateside, but had, I think, some visa issues, which which held him up. But this is a guy with huge raw power, great bat control, plate discipline. Like, he leaves some to be desired athletically, you know, in the field. He's not, he's not a burner on the base paths and stuff like that, but really strong and just a mature hitter so I expect him to it's kind of hard to to predict where some of those really young guys are going to go I think Fresno's that there's a chance he goes to Fresno considering you know he got like held back on like not intentionally he was held back so it's possible he goes to Fresno if if that's the case you have to be in full season ball I think to really make waves as to the prospect ranks I think a lot of people look at the Arizona Complex League, the Dominican Summer League with a huge grain of salt. But if he can go to Fresno, you know, hit some bombs, get on base at a high rate. I think he's someone that could enter the top 10 for sure in the Rockies system. Um, And there's just a lot of guys from the draft last year, which we saw with the pitching staff. You know, Rockies always draft a lot of pitchers. Every guy that was, you know, a high draft pick for the Rockies was dominant in the Arizona Complex League. And that's a that's a league that's you know rivals college baseball at least. If not, it's a a little bit better. These guys are shutting everyone down. So I think Fresno will have a really good bullpen, you know, some good back end starters. And I think that's gonna be the next wave of top thirty prospects.
1: Yeah. I yeah, well put. I I like um Brinson Doyle. I just the athletic build strikes out a lot, but I think he's able and capable. He's athletic enough to kind of figure it out. And he's from a D2 school, so he knows what it means to grind and do his thing. So I think Brenton Doyle is one of those guys. He's getting some noise, a lot of talk, a lot more talk this off the spring training than in the past. So he's kind of on that radar, that cusp of being the next guy. Um, but a, a young guy, uh, Warming Burnable, the 19 year old, just did really, really great in the Arizona Rookie League. Struggled a little bit when he got the call up to Fresno, uh, but he's just athletic, big guy. He switched from shortstop to third base. He just has all the tools to be the uh, just a solid guy. And if he puts it puts it all together, defensively and offensively, in Fresno or Spokane this year, I think he he's gonna be on a lot of people's radars, make a lot of noise, and be be a a name that my grandma might under <laughs> be able to know about.
0: Certainly won't forget with a name like Warming. Right. You
1: know? It's just, it's a top 10 name, right?
0: Absolutely. Has to be, has to be. Yeah. <laughs> so both Yankee Fernandez and, and Warming Burnabell only 19 years old. So there's still so much room for them to grow positively. Right. And they're already being acknowledged as some of the, the best Rockies prospect. I know Eric Longenhagen for Fangraphs had Warming as his seventh best prospect and Keith Law had him as number eight and Yankeel Fernandez while he was a guy that I ranked as the 36th best prospect last year, he's now probably about the 15th best. And so Bernabelle, you know, jumped over him. So there, there are so many of those guys and that, that just need that time. I mean, we haven't mentioned him yet. Jaden Hill is another one of those players, you know, right. division one guy from LSU had Tommy John surgery. So we might not see until the second half of this year, but another guy with tremendous upside and, and you can really hope. And I think, I, I don't know for you guys, I'm curious what your take is on it, but one of the most interesting things that came out of the Tapia for Grichik deal was the fact that the Rockies traded one of those guys who might fit into that Yankee Fernandez-type mold of only 19 years old, second baseman that has really good numbers. He was second in all the Dominican Summer League, batted 360 in Adrian Pinto. And you say, okay, well, he's a small guy, but look, Jose Altuve is doing his thing. Size, really, in baseball? size doesn't matter. So the fact that Bill Schmidt was willing to, you know, part with a prospect that while he was far away, still had a lot of projectable upside. It it does get you excited to think, well, you know what? Some of these guys could be used as trade chips to actually help the big league club. I see that as a positive, but for you guys who focus on those <laughs> prospects, that could be scary to think Dugan could be included in a deal. Yes. Now he's gone. Does that worry you or does that get you excited? They're like, you know what? No, this is how it really should be. It should be a feeder system for depth pieces and for future stars, but also to help supplement the roster if if and when you need to make a trade.
1: If they trade Dugan Darnell, we're going to have bigger (laughs) issues, but we're not going to go down that road. Um, As a fan, you want the Rockies to win a World Series, right? That's the ultimate goal. Um, But doing what we've been doing and getting to know these guys on that different level and like really fallen in love for lack of a better term um it's it it stings a little like we see these guys we're invested i know tyler has been invested in this minor league stuff a lot longer than i have and so like seeing these guys getting traded and like you've been following them you've been following them and then they're no longer part of your organization that's going to sting a little knowing that the goal as a fan though is that world series that excitement and if that's what needs to happen that's that's fine so like losing an adrian pinto that sucks that hurts that it just it's not fun but knowing that hey we can give like you said like we can give up adrian and we're fine this again uncharted territory this this 2022 rockies is a whole new world that i'm not i don't know if i'm too comfortable with right now but it's 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 okay because that's that's the game that's the system but it's that's a different story again if our guys are being traded um
2: so yeah when I keep I'm in like in class when this when these news bits keep dropping like I'll get out of class and my phone's blown up I'm like oh my gosh okay and so I originally just saw Gritchick traded for Tapia I was like we was that like straight up I kind of could I, I saw it I was like hey Gritchick you know he's getting paid 10 million Tapia is getting paid less than half of that the Blue Jays needed a left-handed outfielder with speed. Did they do it straight up? And then I saw Pinto was involved. And I a little bit of me dropped. But at the same time, I was like, you know, Gritchick, I think, is a big enough upgrade over Tapia that, you know, I can stomach losing a, a Dominican Summer League prospect. Like, as much as he was exciting to follow last year, actually posted the best overall offensive numbers by a Rockies prospect in the Dominican Summer League ever, at least in the seasons that Fangraphs has uh, the data so pinto like you know very notable season so it, it hurt to see him go but <laughs> he cut out of these trades. you know are you gonna get pinto in the big leagues anytime soon it's gonna be a long time before pinto it, you know is even in triple a so it was a reasonable price to pay um and i think we had one someone who writes for us his name is henry henry hartley Goes by Scracks on Twitter. He had mentioned in the breakdown of the Gritch Topia trade that maybe this opens the door for us to be trading someone like Velade or Welker, who really doesn't have a shot at playing time over the next couple of years. Gotta be, you know, someone that's desirable for another team in need of depth. I would be open to to dealing some of those guys who, you know, could be valuable trade pieces and, and make this team better.
0: I don't want to throw. I, I'm sorry, Aaron, but. El Hiros Montero could be another one of those guys that. that goes into that mix. Maybe less—he's third on the depth chart, but he's he's another one of those block guys. We talked about that on on Friday. Go check that out on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. In the wake of uh, the Tapia for Gritchik deal, is again there? There's there's a lot of third basemen now in, in the system, and uh, those are really good chips. And as you said about Pinto, there's a lot to like, but two words to remind you about Pedro Gonzalez. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That that's the <laughs> point. Right twenty seventeen, he goes to the he goes to the Texas Rangers for Jonathan Lucroy. You feel pretty good about how that deal worked out. Same thing in the Sung Won O deal. You know, you give up Chad Spangenberger and Forrest Wall. You feel pretty good about that. Now the you know Kevin Pillar deal we'll kind of revisit that we'll see what happens with a guy like Jacob Wallace you know Christian Koss was okay you know that they, they gave him up to get on Ibar but for the most part i think because the Rockies have been so reserved in trading their prospects they haven't like lost out on on any prospects to my knowledge the only deal where you, you would have looked at and say ah oh, well they didn't win quote unquote the deal was Mike Talkman but Talkman didn't have a place on the roster anyway and wasn't really a true prospect so like the idea of them kind of stretching things out just a little bit and say, "All right, let's be a little bit more aggressive with these kind of deals. And the fact that you know you got the Blue Jays to essentially give you like ten million dollars right. to cover you know half that contract now you're getting a pretty decent upgrade for what you need, power, defensive center fielder, you know that that really works out well here for this. Uh, final question here before we we wrap up here because I feel like I can talk with you guys all day uh, and I, I, we'll have we'll have some more chances I'm sure to to do exactly that but what what are your thoughts on Charlie Blackman back at leadoff is, is that that kind of take you by surprise a little bit it honestly did me it, it honestly surprised me a little bit to see him batting a leadoff where that's probably where we're gonna see him on opening day here on April 8th at Coors against the Dodgers
2: before I answer I want to, you know jump back real quick you forgot the pat nishik deal where they sent two prospects that are back in the rockies system um and jd hammer and jose gomez so you know those those trades are always all over the place but i think you know blackman given his his profile he kind of still belongs in that leadoff role um the guy who works counts makes a ton of contact Uh, no one else in the lineup to me screams you know leadoff I, i like who else would lead off for the Rockies right now? Um, I think the next guy for me would be the guy I mentioned earlier, Connor Joe, high on base guys. So I think this is where Charlie Blackman belongs. you know the best Charlie Blackman seasons, of course, were when he was leading off. I just think that there must be some kind of mental edge for him where he he loves being that the the tip of the spear and you know getting the the job started agreed it's It's weird.
1: But seeing not seeing blackman in the three four five hole but based on last year like his power numbers the you know the traditional power numbers weren't really there every all the stat cast stuff is there but so his profile has changed a little bit in his in these tail end years so seeing him as a leadoff and i i would love to see a kb or b rod right behind him and just extend the lineup uh, but there's so many options for Buddy Black. I made a joke the other day that Buddy Blackman or Buddy Black's gonna be the first guy to have one hundred and sixty two different lineups in a in a season. There's just so many ways he can go about it this year. So I kind of dig it. do do things differently. Let's have some fun with it.
0: yeah, it's you're Connor Joe is probably the only other guy that you would put in there, and I, I think that makes sense. And then maybe Charlie then that second, whatever it may be. But the one aspect that I like most about it is, if you have Sam Hilliard hitting ninth, he's going to benefit a lot from Charlie Blackman hitting behind. I don't think Sam Hilliard is a guy you typically want to get the least amount of at-bats in your lineup, but in this special instance, I think it could help, you know, cut down on any pressure of striking out. You know, he's going to see better pitches too on top of that. So maybe that does cut his strikeout numbers down for a guy that, you know, if you stick him out there for an entire 162 game season, sure. He might strike out 200 times, but he also is probably going to hit 30 home runs as well. If you, if you have him batting ninth, you know, maybe he only strikes out 150 times, but still gets really close to that 30 home run mark. Um and 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 comes through in, in some really big spots. So it, it did surprise me. It honestly did. But I don't know that we're gonna see that to your point, Aaron. I don't know that we'll see that, you know, a majority of, of times in the year. Once Kojo gets going a little bit, we could see him move up there. Maybe Jonathan Daza could go up there. Brendan Rogers isn't a isn't a leadoff hitter per se, but if you had Rogers followed by McMahon followed by Bryant Blackman, and you just stack the order with those kind of guys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, Hey, that, that could also be the secret. So it's, it's a good problem. It's a good problem yeah. to have right now with, with so many good hitters. If you don't have that, that prototypical leadoff hitter, if that's the biggest issue, you know, that that's all right. Rockies are going to be okay. Yeah.
2: So exactly. many guys, that so many guys that need playing time. I don't, I don't remember a, a year where the Rockies lineup was so interchangeable and where you didn't see a certain guy on the bench and you were like, "Oh shoot, we like, you know, that's kind of like a hole in the lineup. Now there's, I think 11 hitters on this team that deserve a lot of playing time. And I think the DH, I love that we have the DH now to mm-hmm. afford those guys more playing time. Um, and I'm looking forward to like Aaron said, you know, I'm not going to see 162 combinations, but there's going to be a lot of different ways to put this lineup together and it's always fun to see the lineup card and how it looks different. So that's going to be awesome. Like, look,
1: look at us getting mad about playing time for the Rockies. Like this is fantastic. We don't have just a solid nine. We have a solid 12 and it's just going to be so much fun. Uncharted territory 2022.
0: Go the, on bench is, the bench is strong. And, and yeah. you know what, Aaron, the last time we were, we were talking about playing time for players on the bench who maybe deserve more time was in 2018. Cause you had Tapia, you had Dahl, and you had Parr and cargo kind of taking up those spots in the outfield. Mm-hmm. So do we, do we have a repeat? Do we have another wild card <laughs> performance in us? And you know what, that's what makes sports so, so much fun is, is you never know. You got to go out there on the field. That's why, that's why we play the games. Well, boys, go ahead, plug away, Aaron, you come first alphabetically, <laughs> let our people know where to find you on, on Twitter with all your hot takes and any the blogs that you're a part of. And Uh, and the podcast overall yeah just
1: Blake Street Banter on Twitter you see i see it here Blake Street Banter on the Instagram we're doing a fun little takeover opening weekend we have a fan down in Fresno who's just going to give us the fan experience he's going to take over our Instagram and just kind of give us that side of it Uh, player interviews um, spoiler Coco Montez is going to drop tomorrow Um, we have Nick Bush Jordan Pacheco talks with us about some coaching stuff um, going into the season and a few other just fun conversations popping. We do the podcast. Uh, you can find us Place Your Banter on any of those platforms or the YouTube. That's where we drop most of that stuff. Also, so the follow follow the link tree. You'll find it on any of our profiles. I'm sure Patrick, if you can just drop that into the description here. The link tree is probably the best way to find it and tyler's got a cool prospect list on there that he is working on updating his his top 180 where he's ranked all the guys and gives a little tidbits on it a really cool resource and just really fun to look at it so i think that link tree is our best bet and we're just gonna do fun things with the minor leagues this season it's gonna be it's gonna be cool
2: yeah and just to reiterate that you know check out blake street banner aaron works his ass off on this stuff. So, you know, give it, give it the love it deserves. Um, You know, I, I work pretty hard on it if I, if I can, Uh, but you know, Aaron, Aaron treats it like his, his next child. So it deserves, you know, a ton of attention. Um, You know, yeah, you can check out my prospect board there. Does it needs updating. It kind of looks like a house. Well, it doesn't look bad, but like, to me, I'm like, I need to reorder so many of these guys. It's like a, a house that needs remodeling. Um, But I'm also going to be working with Prospects Live this summer going to a lot of games in Albuquerque. So uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at rocks don't rake, uh, because I'm used to some bad offenses. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to be at a lot of isotope games, hopefully going to get a lot of live looks. So if you want to see that, um, it'll be a good place to find some of that content.
0: Yeah, we'll leave some links in the description for this episode on the podcast. Thanks again. Remember, it's only 50 cents for your first month on the dnvr.com. Follow us on Twitter at dnvr underscore Rockies, and I am at Patrick D. Lyons. This has been great. Another good one in the books. New friends here, part of the part of the dnvr sure. community now. It's great, but you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.